morning all we're going to be gathering for prayer around the front you're welcome to join us we'll give you two minutes to get here
God, it's time to begin. Would you stand with me, please, as we open in prayer? Invite God to move on our hearts today. How many of you could use a fresh touch of the Lord's glory in your heart today? How many of you could use a healing touch in your body today? How many of you could use a, an anointing to touch some family members that need Jesus? Heavenly Father, we've gathered in this place to be strengthened by your presence. We ask, Father God, that you would receive praise and honor and glory, that we would not be mere spectators, but we would be participants in praise. We ask, Father God, that as we enter in, you would enter into us in a powerful way, that use this day to touch and transform our lives for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Uh, Grandpa Mark, hey, you're up there. Who, who are we doing today? Andy, hey, Andy, how you doing? Come on down. If you're a guest with us here at Trinity today, we want to thank you for joining us, and we're just so thankful to have you here and see you today. Uh, this dashing, handsome young man right here is going to have a connection card for you. So if you are a guest with us today, slip up your hand, and he will be by to bring you a connection card. If you could just fill it out for us and place it in one of the offering trays. Um, that way you can keep up. Hey, man, I did not dismiss you. Go ahead. But if you can put in one of the trays, that way you can stay up to date with what's going on here at the church, and we can stay up to date with you as well. Can we get a round of applause for our guest today? And how about one for all those joining us on the live stream as well? Um, we had a very, very busy day here at the church. We had Pastor Bill leading his um, outreach ministry that he has twice a month. And I heard that that went very well. So, Pastor Bill, thank you for your ministry and what you're doing and helping the community. And his team, yes, of course. And his team. Um, and then I had the privilege to go to a... We use that very lightly. Anyways, I had the privilege to take some of the teens um, and a few of the kids to uh, a concert called Winter Jam last night. And it was an amazing experience to just be able to see the kids just indulge in a time of worship. And I look back, I was looking back at it, and I just think of when I first started helping out with the youth and when I first took over the kids' ministry about just the growth that I've seen so far. I mean, these kids were literally just giving themselves up to God and praising Him and weren't afraid of who was looking around or what was going on around them. It was just them focusing on their time with the Lord and just, just having fun in the name of Jesus. And throughout last night at, you know, different concerts, throughout camps and different conventions that we've gone to, it's just been such a blessing to be able to see the growth that they've made in their spirit. And really, we can't, we have to attribute to each and every one of you guys here in this room for being that person that they can look up to as a congregation. And of course, Pastor Carissa and Pastor Ken and the youth staff. So if we could just, you know, Keep them in your prayers as we go on because the work that is being done is so impactful and so moving that it's, 
it's going to be very bright, and I'm so excited to see where that leads. Um, Pastor had mentioned about a month ago uh, that my little brother is uh, is moving on, and uh, and well, for 21 years, that's that's my that's been my rock here at the church, and so. It's a little little bittersweet this morning. Um, if I could have the deacons come forward, please, um, and everyone, if you wouldn't mind just lifting a hand in, in prayer, and we, we would like to pray for Josh, so if you would come up, buddy. Should have warned him, I'm making him take off all of his instruments. Um... Ooh, yeah, 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 pastors, you know, all the, all, yeah, that's fine, sorry. Come down there. Yeah, come down here. Uh, my brother, he, you know the sad part is we still live together, so it's not like he's like, leave it, leave it, I just, I don't know, that's just how I am. Last night was emotional. Today is going to be an emotional day as well. Um, just the dedication, though, that I've seen out of, out of Josh and the, his willingness to serve in the different ministries here at the church and his, his just unconditional support for the kids and all the worship team and everything that he does here at the church, it's, it's severely going to be missed in my heart, and it's going to be one of those gaps that it's, it's going to be really hard to fill. But I, I, we wish him the best, and I know each and every one does as well in his next journey and his next endeavors. Um, so if we could just, if you could reach out a hand. and Heavenly Father, we just, we thank you for, for the servant that Josh is. We thank you for the blessing that he's been here at this church and for the blessing that he's going to be on, on souls beyond this point, God. We just thank you for everything that he has put in here at Trinity and the home that he's created here, Lord. And we know that you have bigger and brighter things planned and that whatever you have planned is, is going to be so beautiful, so amazing. And we just can't wait to see the journey that he's about to embark on. God, we thank you for him and we just pray that you keep him close, you keep him on that path, Lord, and that you just show him the light and make it a bright transaction. God, we praise you, we love you, in your name, amen. Now, I am not a very smart man. Amen, amen. I've never said anything more true. Um, I know a little about a lot, okay? Well, I know a little. Um, and when it comes to science, I never was a real big school person. But I do understand that when things get to a certain point in life, when they get old enough, you got to start carbon dating them. Now, I'm not sure how that process works. I just know that when something is really, really old, you got to do some scientific stuff to figure out how old. And so I believe that um, our fearless leader, Pastor Kenneth Keene, um, his carbon date report has come back, and it's inconclusive. 
And I, I've, listen, I've read Genesis. I know. I, I know how the earth was made. I've read Genesis. But this is saying that he was here before that. So I'm not, I'm not sure. We probably have to get it retested. But happy birthday, Pastor Ken. We wouldn't be anything without you. Yeah. Well, I ain't singing. I care too much about you people, okay? Everybody, yeah. As always, we have our Wednesday night services, and if you're able to come out and join us for that, we would love to see you here at Trinity. Um, our services start at 7 in the evenings uh, for all ages, and then, as always, we have a 10 a.m. Bible study. If you're able to come out and join us for that, we would love to see you. Um, if I could have Pastor come up and the, um, the deacons for offering. I am celebrating today the 50th anniversary of my 24th birthday. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father God, we're so thankful for an opportunity to be together, to worship you, to sing praises, to laugh together, to enjoy your presence. We ask, Father God, that as we enjoy your presence, your word would speak to us today. And we thank you for the privilege of giving so that others may know the joy of Jesus. As we give our tithes, our offerings, our love gifts, our missions giving, that people around the world and here locally can come to know you, we do it with a joyful heart. We become hilarious givers because you've done so much for us. Bless both gift and giver today, we pray, Father. Receive our praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
praise belongs to Him. Amen. All glory and honor and praise belong to Him. He's done it all. You didn't save yourself. You didn't heal yourself. You didn't deliver yourself. It's by the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. We celebrate that today. Today we're going to be looking at another new thing in the scriptures in this new year and ask God's blessing upon this time. Father God, meet with your people today. Sovereignly move. Sometimes, Father, we have difficulty hearing from others. Let the voice of your Holy Spirit speak to hearts today and let us respond. Father God, we know you have some new things for us. We pray, Lord God, that we would receive them from you this hour, this day, this moment. But we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. You may be seated for just a little while. I want to first of all thank so many of you. You've been very faithfully praying. And we're just going to believe for the Lord's ultimate touch. And continue. I invite you to continue praying. And that's all I'm going to say about it. We've been looking these last several weeks about new things for a new year. We've examined several aspects the Bible says. We know that one day, well, get your shouting ready, one day he's going to make all things new. Amen? How many of you do with a new body? Amen? New surroundings. <laughs> a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. A new relationship with God. Amen. A new family gathered around the throne of loved ones who have gone on before and you who remain until the coming of the Lord. A new celebration in heaven. Amen? Oh, I'm looking forward to that new aspect. But until that time, we found in the Scripture there are some other things that are new that can be experienced right now. We started off our study, our series, in looking at a new harvest. How that when the children of Israel came into the promised land, they were instructed by the Lord, you need to clear off the old harvest that's in the field because he has something new for you. The manna stopped. The quail did no longer land. The rock that followed them that produced water no longer poured. They had a new harvest. And there's some things that we need to lay aside from our past so that God can give us new things. There's some things we need to turn loose of. Some things that have chained and placed us, holded to the past, cemented to it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit would have me share with you again today 
that gathered within these walls and listening on the and watching on the live stream some of you are still held captive by things from your past but I know a Redeemer I know a deliverer I know a God who can set people free you say well I've, I've asked well if you haven't sensed it yet you need to keep on asking you need to keep on asking sometimes when you're raising children and you they ask you for something if they ask for you something once you say eh, you know <laughs> now some of you are more attentive than I was but you know oh yes honey whatever you want but sometimes sometimes their deliberation and their persistence gets your attention it's not because you love them any less before but you begin to see how important it is to them for you to give them what they're asking for they just won't let it go Jesus even told parables about it about the woman who came knocking on the judge's door I need justice I need justice and he just rolled over and went back to sleep but she didn't she screamed out a little bit louder hammered a little bit more and he covered up his head with two pillows and he still could hear her and she had one of those voices I'm just imagining here she had one of those voices that would cut through a thick pillow over your head I need justice and finally in desperation the judge got up and says, all right, okay. Not because you called, but because you wouldn't shut up. I'm going to give you justice. The Lord used that as a, an illustration that we need to just keep asking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. For he who seeks continually will receive. You keep on knocking, he's going to open the door. It's not because he was less willing. He wants to know if it's really important to you to have his deliverance and his judgment. So let me encourage you today, if you've not really searched the old harvest fields for things that have lingered on in your life, my friend, would you please allow the Holy Spirit to help you do the search? and help you come to a place where you say, Lord, I need to get rid of this old baggage because you've got some new stuff for me. Amen? How many of you like new things? Well, he has some new things for us this year. We also looked at a new spring. You remember that spring had become polluted. We don't know how, but something entered into it that polluted it, and Elisha went down the the prophets were ready to give up and move on. But he said, well, just bring me a new bowl and fill it up with fresh salt. And he took the new bowl and he poured it into the old polluted spring. And immediately it was changed and transformed. And that polluted spring was polluted no more. And to this very day, 10,000 gallons per minute of fresh water bubbles up from that spring in southern Israel 
you're the salt of the earth. And our world has become polluted, amen? amen. And the Lord wants to pour out fresh salt yes. that you would be a life spring in taking the living word of Christ to a world that has become polluted with sin and evil. We've looked at other new things. We've seen how that God can give us a new song, amen? You say, well, I don't have anything new to sing about. We'll sing about something that he's done in the past and give him praise and he'll make it new all over again. We're going to all sing with Moses, the song of Moses in heaven one day, and we weren't even there. But we get to relive the victory of crossing the Red Sea and the enemy being destroyed behind it. How many of you could stand to see some enemies left behind? Amen. Today we want to look at another new thing and it's a very important new thing that God has for us right now. Would you stand with me please and turn to the book of Lamentations. She says, oh no, oh no. It's got to be one of the saddest books in the Bible. Lamentations. Bad news book. Amen. Lamentations chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, and beginning with verse number 19. The prophet Jeremiah, assisted by his associate Baruch, is bringing this lament before the Lord. Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Amen. Amen. Because his compassions fail not. They are, say it with me, new Every morning, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Father, bless your word to our understanding today. Help us to see the reality of your mercies new every single morning. I ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Be seated, but keep your Bibles open there to one of the saddest books in the Bible. You know, I thought Job was a sad book. <laughs> but it has a happy ending. The book of Job is a sad book, but it's not as sad as Lamentations. You see, in Job, you have one man, a godly man, a righteous man. Think about this. A man God bragged about to the devil. Have you considered my servant Job? He's in a wicked time, and yet he's serving me. And oh my, that brought about an attack from the enemy 
that was not because of anything bad Job had done. You know, the enemy is quick to hurt you with this news. You're going through bad times or difficult times, and uh, he's, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And you start self-doubting and self-guessing. Job had done nothing wrong, and yet he was under attack. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? I want to survey today. Now you're going to have to wave your hands to answer this so I can notice them. Anybody here, to the best of your knowledge, you're trying to live a godly life, but you are under attack. Let me see those hands. Just wave them, please. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Job was a sad book, but it was only one guy going through extremely bad times, the loss of his family, his health, all of his, all of his wealth, all of his livestock, everything. But then God gave it back to him. But the book of Lamentations is sadder, at least in my estimation, because the prophet, again, has done nothing wrong. The prophet Jeremiah is a righteous person in an evil time. He's faithfully serving the Lord and speaking the word that the Lord would have him bring, and nobody wants to hear his call for repentance. Judah, the kingdom of Judah, has drifted from God. They're still going through all the sacrifices at the temple. But Jeremiah comes out and he speaks to them as they're bringing their sacrifices up to the temple. He says, if we don't repent, if you don't turn around, if you don't go back to God, you won't be able to do this much longer because God's going to take it all away from you. But they kept going through the motions of sacrifice without their hearts being repentant. And the more he preached repentance, the more they hated him. But he had done nothing wrong. He was speaking what the Lord told him to speak. He prophesied that the city would be overtaken by the Babylonians. Several hundred miles away, they were going to overtake them. That the walls would be torn down. Oh, how can that happen? We've staved off all kinds of battles. The temple would be destroyed, not one brick upon another. Oh, no, we're still making the sacrifices. God wouldn't allow that to happen. But this sad book of Jeremiah and Lamentations lets us know that even if there's a righteous person, and there was one, more than one righteous person, we know of several by name. We know Daniel was a righteous man in the midst of that time. He prayed to the Lord every day regularly. He was a righteous person. Ananiah, Hazariah, and Mishael were all righteous people. You know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their changed names when they were taken captive in Babylon. They were righteous men. 
Jeremiah. We find others that we've heard their names associated with being held captive in Persia, in Babylon. They had done nothing to merit what they were going through. And yet, child of God, hear me. Even though they were righteous, because of the sin of their society, they suffered. They went through, watching the beautiful temple torn down, watching the walls of the city of Jerusalem kicked over the side of the hill of Zion. They watched as they were led in chains close to a thousand miles away to become slaves and pawns in the hands of the Babylonian people. They'd lost their homeland. They'd lost their temple. They had no idea where the scrolls of the law were contained. All the promises of God from the old covenant. And here they are, weeping by the sides of the rivers of Babylon. The book of Lamentations happens before that mass exodus of captivity. Jeremiah is still trying to warn the people of Judea, of Judah, that they need to repent. If they only repent, if they only take seriously repentance, God would lift back his hand of judgment against them. But they would not. They would not repent. You say, well, how, how foolish could they be? Well, look at the book of Revelation and see that even after the, the, the great judgments that are going to fall upon those that are left behind on planet earth and yet they would not repent we see it again and again and again and again millions slain through plagues and and storms and whatever yet they would not repent history has a way of repeating itself does it not this sad book of lamentations it really means Sorrowful crying is what lamentations mean. Who wants to pick up a book that is entitled Crying Sadly? And yet it's here for us. And it's reserved for us because contained within this sad, mournful, lamenting cry of the prophet, there's a glimmer of hope in the midst of it just a glimmer of hope. He's surrounded by people that want to silence the word of God from his lips. Oh, they threw him into a dried out uh, uh, well, they, they, a cistern, they, they were going to leave him down there to die. Somebody heard his cry and let him out. Uh, they, they just were persecuting him and all he was doing was righteous deeds. He was speaking the truth. Have you ever had somebody just kind of slam their mind in your face when you tried to tell them truth and they didn't want to hear the truth? That was the plight of the prophet. The Lord had shown him the judgment that was going to come, the destruction of the temple, the beautiful temple that Solomon built, the walls of the city, the freedoms that they enjoyed were all going to be gone. 
They're going to be taken captive to a foreign and a strange land. But in the midst of this, a righteous prophet could easily second-guess himself. Amen? A righteous prophet could say, well, maybe it's just me. <laughs> you know, have you ever felt like, it must be me? Nobody else seems to be having a problem here. It must be me. Maybe I need to adapt. Maybe I need to change. About third time being thrown into a pit will do that to you. When people just don't want to talk to you. People would see Jeremiah walking down the streets of Jerusalem. They'd walk the other way. They turned their back at him. And the scripture says they wagged their heads at him. What a mess he is. And yet in the midst of it, oh, I love this part. In the midst of a righteous prophet being disowned and rejected and persecuted by those who were committing the sins that were going to affect his life too, God breathes a fresh word into his spirit that we read in Lamentations 3 that we just lifted up. And he calls to the Lord in the midst of his lament, remember my affliction and roaming. Now what's he talking about? His roaming. Everywhere he goes, he's rejected. There's no place. You see, he even goes to the temple, which should bring him a place of release. They're lifting up praises to God there, right? No. They're just going through the motions. Even the temple was not a place of rest for him. It was not a, because they were singing the praises, but they didn't have praise in their hearts. They were going through religious rituals and motions, but there was no emotion, no true love of God, no true repentance going on. So he would walk into the the courts of the temple, and it would grieve him even more. He's wherever he roams, he's afflicted. Oh God, remember my afflictions, my roaming. Then he says, the wormwood and the gall. What in the world? Those are two very bitter, biting ingredients. In some areas, wormwood is poisonous if uh, injected into food or substances. It brings forth a bitter bite. He's talking about that wherever he looks, he even looks at the temple, and it doesn't bring him great joy because it's a bitter taste in his mouth because he sees them just faking a relationship with a holy God. You remember how that Jesus rejected the sour wine at the crucifixion. Lamentations cries because of this, but brings that glimmer of hope there. My soul, verse 20 of Lamentations 3, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. Even his memories of going to the temple boom, hit him right in the heart. This I recall to my mind 
whoa, wait a minute. Therefore, I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. God's mercies are still there even though I'm in this bad place because his compassions don't fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, therefore I hope in him. This hurting prophet, surrounded by bitterness and strife, of rebellion, of sin and wickedness, seen in the prophecies the Lord has given him, if they don't repent, I'm tearing the temple down. If they don't repent, the wall's coming down. If they don't repent, you're going to be captives in a foreign land. Nothing you've done, Jeremiah. Nothing you've done, Daniel, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nothing you've done. But because of the sin of those around you, you will be affected. Could I just take a moment and let you know some of the bad stuff that's happening is not necessarily because of you, but the place in which we live. God will judge sin. God will stand against evil. And that's why it grieves my heart so much when I see those in positions of power and leadership, those in the forefront who are embracing things that God hates, embracing and touting things God says are wrong, evil, and sinful because the hand of judgment will fall. And if we are still in this place, I'm, I'm still rooting for a trumpet sound. How about you? But, but, if the trumpet hasn't sounded yet for us to go to be with the Lord, we're in for some stuff to happen because God will not tarry judgment forever on a society that kills babies and flaunts immorality and lawlessness. The righteous will suffer in the midst of it, but God's mercies will still be here for the righteous. They're new every morning. The prophet is hurting. All of this that he sees in his spirit, righteous like Daniel and Jeremiah and all the others. But he said, I still have a glimmer of hope here. Because even though Judah has changed, God has not. Those of us with a little bit of mileage on us remember days when it was easier to be a Christian on Sunday. Remember those times when everything was closed? You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't do anything. We went to church anyway. You know. And those times when there were laws against stuff that's allowed today. 
You see, in the midst of this, our changing world, God has not changed. And, and the prophet knows this. He says, therefore, I have hope. He knows that God's going to do what he said he's going to do if the people don't repent. But he says, I know I have a place in the hollow of God's hand that I'm going to be safe in the midst of the storm. Child of God, you may be fearful today. You may be overwhelmed by seeing the downward trend of society and, and families and the legalities and all the things that are going on. You trying to live a righteous life are under assault. But I have good news. There is hope if we hold fast to God because God has not changed in this changing world. His mercies, his compassions, they fail not. They're not exhausted. Great is his faithfulness. Jeremiah says, I have hope. I have hope. He says that in these darkest of days, there's hope in Jeremiah's heart because bad times can't stop a good God. Evil times can't stop a holy God from reaching out his hand to help his children. It may be a desperate situation, but God's going to be there for you, my friend. You stay close to him. Do not compromise with the evil surrounding you. You feel like you're under attack. Hey, guess what? You are. So you need to hold tighter to the master's hand than ever before. Nestle yourself down, snuggle tight in the hollow of his hand. I was researching that the last week, looking at the, the Proverbs, the hollow of his hand. It's actually considered a place. In old time, olden times, they would use the hollow of the hand. Take your hand out. You've got one with you, or a couple probably and fold it up so that there is a kind of a little valley in the center there, okay? This used to be a measurement system before measuring cups and measuring spoons where they would fill in old, olden recipes back in the 1400s, they have using salt in the hollow of your hand or oil or certain... Uh, seasonings and fill up that spot and dump it into the mix it was a, a place of of safety if you will the hollow of his hand and we're in the hollow of the nail pierced hand of Jesus safe because of Calvary and even though other things may be going on he keeps you safe in the hollow of his hand. I have hope today. Bad things are happening all around, but I, I'm in his hand. I'm in the hands of the mighty one. 
the hands who fashioned humanity from the dust of the ground. His hands. You're in his hands, child of God. Don't get out of it. Don't get out of the hollow of his hand. And it says that not only this, not only cannot, bad times cannot stop a good God in your direction. Evil times cannot stop the mercies of God from reaching his people every single day. As powerful as the devil is, he cannot stop Almighty God from reaching your heart with his mercy every single day. Take that, devil. You cannot stop the mercies of God. I've got a fresh supply every morning. His mercies, new every morning. I, I reached in my pocket a little bit ago, my wallet, and I pulled out something. I was given this for Christmas. People know me. I have a McDonald's card. It's nothing quite as good as a steak bagel in the morning or a good cup of McDonald's coffee. Or a unsweet tea. Am I making you thirsty and hungry yet? Thank you. I, they, they loaded this card with a certain amount of dollars on it. And when I go in and I, I give them this card, they, they run it through the machine and they say, well, sir, here's your receipt. You have this much left on your card, right? Now, when I get up to the place... <clears throat> When I've just about exhausted everything on this card, I have an option. You say, do you want us to throw that card away or do you want to renew what's on there? What? I, I, what? Yeah. You can take this card, this same card that used to have stuff on it that I used yesterday and I can renew that, and there's just as much on it as before. It's renewable. Whoa. I need to do that. You know, but I need to take action to do that. I have used this several times, and I'm not sure exactly how much I have left on the card. But you know what I'm going to do? This next week, I have big plans. I have a couple cards like this. I have a, I have a Tim Hortons card. How many of you have a Tim? How many of you have a Starbucks card? McDonald's card? What kind? Chick-fil-A Chick card. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least somebody's with me. I, you know, I. Do you like the spicy or the regular? Okay, bring it back in. Bring it back in. I'm going to renew this card this week so that the next time I go, they're going to say, well, sir, you have this amount on there. Well, good. You know, this thing's renewable. But I have to take the action to do it. They don't automatically renew it, right? 
No, it's not an automatic thing. Oh, guess what? No. I have to take action. My friends, God's mercies are renewed every morning by Him. It's not anything you do. It's not costing you a dime. But every morning when you get up, you have just as much of God's mercy extended for you to live your life today as you had yesterday and the yesterday before that and the tomorrow before that. His mercies are new every single morning. It'd be like if I got up and I, I don't have this on there, but uh, I went in to take my card in to get a cheeseburger and fries or something and uh, they said sir this is amazing you were in here yesterday and you maxed out your card your card was empty we gave it back to you but you know something phenomenal has happened sir it must be a clerical error because there are one thousand four hundred and forty dollars on this thing how many of you could take that I said, well, I'd better order for several people. I'm going to bring all my friends from church over, and we're all going to get a cheeseburger and fries. And then I, I exhaust the whole thing because you are hungry people. Hungry, hungry people. How many of you like fish sandwiches? Okay. Big Mackers. Any Big Mackers? Everybody be sure and clear the front doors when we're done here because people are going to be rushing. And so I, I, I exhaust this card, and I'm tempted to throw it away. I says, no, I, I'll just keep it as a memento. Maybe there's something left on it. And I go back in the next day, and he says, sir, I don't know what happened, but overnight something magical, mystical happened. You've got 1,440 more dollars on that card. And I'm beginning to think, whoa, I've got a good thing going here. Yes, I do. You know, his mercies, kind of like every minute of the day, 1,440 of them per day, renewable. Every single day, every moment that you have is a gift from God, and His mercies are new, renewed in your direction every single morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. You see, His mercies are renewable. Every day when you wake up, and some of you it takes longer than others, but when you wake up, could you start off your day and thank him that his mercies are new every morning? You have just as much of the mercies of God today as it were available to you yesterday. His mercy 
to go before you, his mercy to surround you, his mercy and faithfulness to be there for you no matter what. The prophet Jeremiah has just come to the realization that the enemy can't take away the mercies of God. They're new and fresh every single morning. The psalmist said in Psalm 89, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to the world that is surrounding you, afflicting you, persecuting you, thumping on you, beating on you, trying to destroy you. The mercies of God are there for you every single day. Access them by faith. God is faithful. He's faithful, first of all, to forgive your sins. When you mess up and you sin, don't just say, well, I'll wait until I got a big sin account. And then I'll, I'll pay it all off at once. Oh, no. You take it to Jesus right now. Some of you put off clearing up your sin account before you got here today. You put it off. You thought some thoughts. You did some things. You said some things. You... Why don't you experience his mercies today? If you confess his your sins he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness every single day his mercies are new every morning he's merciful to save he's merciful to forgive you say well isn't that the same thing well he forgives and then he separates our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers it against us no more. Some of you have forgiven somebody, but you're still holding on to it. Aren't you glad God's not like that? God, his forgiveness is new every morning. I could take a show of hands on this if you wave them. How many of you have had the devil mess with your mind about past things that you already oh, yeah. asked the Lord to forgive you for. Yeah. See, he remembers them because he was there tempting you and taunting you. But if you put it before the Lord, he said, I, I have no recollection of that. Well, you're God. He says, well, I've chosen right. to put it under the blood of my son. I can't see anything through that blood. It is, a, it is a, a miraculous thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. God can't see your evil, sinful past through the blood of Jesus Christ that's been applied to your sin account. 
His mercies are new every morning. His forgiveness. He's merciful and faithful to cleanse us. We've talked about this many times before, I know. But have you ever walked through a building or a place and the smell of that building got attracted to your clothing? If you've ever driven with the windows down through I-70 in Grove City, what? People start looking around the car to see who did what. But I wasn't me. But there, there's a stench that just kind of gets you in your clothes and you can't get it out. It may have been nothing that you did. It's just where you were, surrounded by the stench of sin. But sometimes we just need a cleansing. You didn't intentionally look in that direction, but you saw something that's haunting you today. He is merciful to cleanse your thoughts, your mind, your situation. His mercies are faithful and new every morning. Don't let it settle in on you. He is faithful to forgive, to save, to cleanse, to provide. He's faithful to provide. Faithful to hear our prayer. Praise God. You say, well, Pastor, I, wanna, I got a bone to pick with you about that one. I don't know where that old phrase came from. I'll have to look it up sometime. I got a bone to pick with you. Well, kind of strange. But... You see, our prayers are not a request line that we get to tell God when and where and how to answer our prayers. He is not the three rubs and three wishes from a genie. He's not uh, Santa Claus making a list and checking it twice. <laughs> he's, he's not none of those. He's God. And he knows what's best for us when we don't. He knows what's around the corner, and we don't, can't even see the corner from where we're standing. We keep praying, and God either answers by saying yes, or he says no sometimes for our good. Sometimes he says, not right now. And sometimes he says, no, I have a better thing for you. You say, well, Pastor, uh, we've been praying about this or that or whatever, and I, we haven't seen, I can't understand why we haven't seen an answer to prayer. Maybe you have. And God is answering in a way that you had no idea. Because how many of you know his ways are higher than our ways? His plans are better than our plans. I'm praising God today. Because even though I pray and I'm not seeing it the way, literally, seeing it the way I'd like to see it, he's still faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He's faithful to hear our prayers. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What other mercies are new every morning. His love for you is fresh and new every morning. 
nobody ever loved you any more than God loves you right now. He sent Jesus just as much for you to the cross as he ever did. He loves you with an everlasting love. Every morning. It's just as real. It's a renewable love that God has for you. God so loved the world. How many of you are living on the world? You're living in it? You're one he loved, and he still does. God's love is just as great today as it ever was. He still loves the lost as much as he ever did. The wayward, the hurting. New mercies every day. The message of Jeremiah to us this morning is significant. You may be in a situation surrounded by a society and a people that are headed to hell after judgment. They're making decisions that adversely affect your way of life. Can I get a witness? Decisions they're making affect you, even a righteous soul. You weary from watching the news or listening to comments because it just seems to be spiraling deeper and deeper and lower and blacker and more dismal. You've made that, that fateful question that I've told you never ask, how much worse can it get? And yet, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, you stand right there with the prophet Jeremiah. And the Lord has revealed to him in vision form how bad it's going to get. In the vision, he's seen the destruction of the temple and the smoke billowing up that people a hundred miles away could see it. He's seen the walls of Jerusalem torn down. He's seen the people of the Lord, himself included, in chains and shackles, led off to Babylon's captivity. But the enemy could not stop the reality that every morning new mercies are there from God to touch Jeremiah's life. And he says, and therefore, I have hope. But also, you can read the back of the prophecy of Jeremiah and find out that even while he sees in the spirit all of these negative things happening, his society rejecting him, throwing him down in the cisterns and wanting to forget him, wanting to kill him, wanting to silence his prophetic word, the Lord reveals to him it's only going to last 70 years. The Lord reveals to him before the walls fell down, before the temple was destroyed, it's only going to last 70 years until my people call upon my name again and repent, and I will hear them all the way in Babylon. I will hear them a thousand miles from where they stand. 
But when their prayers come up, my mercy to them will be new every morning. You have hope. God's going to turn it around in his time. Amen. New mercies. Some of you have not checked your mercies account recently. You think you're fresh out. Your card is empty. And I'm asking you today to stand with me right now. And I want you to envision with me the hand of the Lord extended from up at this altar. And I want you to come and just place your hand on his hand and say, Lord, I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to serve you. I can't think of bad things I've done for all the evil that's coming against me right now. People are coming against me. Situations are thumping on me. Health concerns, whatever. I'm beat down. I need renewed mercies to touch my need today. I have good news. He's renewing mercies new today fresh for you whatever your need may be he's renewing today come and have some hope put back in your heart come and have the light come on in a dark place now using that old illustration I gave you a little bit ago my uh, my card, which I believe I lift up there, and don't you go get it. If I don't renew that card, it stays empty. If you don't use that card, you have no idea how much is on there. Some of you have not thought about God's mercies in the midst of your situation. You've just seen how bad it is, how sad it is, how put upon you are, and how the enemy is messing with you big time, with your mind, with your health, with, with everything. I invite you today, don't take it for granted. Come and say, Lord, remind me of your mercies today. Renew my knowledge of your faithfulness at this place of prayer today. You say, is there something magical about coming forward? I think there is. Not magical, prophetic. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Come and find a place around this altar. If you want someone to pray with you, you let the, the deacons know. They'll anoint you with oil and believe God for a renewing of your mercies card. A renewable source from God.
shy or you may not be able to make it down here, but you, you need someone to pray for you. I'm going to commission these brethren down front to just go back. And if you want prayer, you lift up your hand. They'll pray for you right where you are. Brethren, are you ready? Head on back. Head on back. Some of my brethren, head on back. Lift up your hand. Wave them if you must. That's what I'll need. Well, I'm going to come back if nobody else is. 